What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Thin line between love and sports. It's your boy LV. What's up, man? It's your boy KG. We back at it. Episode eighteen. What's going on? Yes, sir, going through it, man. What's been up with you, man? You know, uh, same old, same old. Uh, work, trying to better myself. Yeah, you know how that go. Already. Special day today, of course. Yeah. You want to let everybody know? Yeah, man. It's my birthday, man. Already. Turn up. C-Day, you know what I mean? <laughs> Boy, it's getting older out here, but you know what I'm saying? Like I said, you're only as old as you feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I still feel pretty good. Trying to make moves still, so, you know, it's another day. It's what's, another day to get better and be great. Uh, what's going on with you, man? Anything uh, Anything you've been on lately? Any books? Oh, man. Movie, yeah. TV? Speaking of, man. Books. I'm, uh, I'm real big on... Uh, I just got into this Bobby Brown book, man. Oh, what? Yeah, surprisingly, okay. man. Yeah, <laughs> Bobby Brown's my boy. I'm a big Bobby Brown fan, but the book go pretty hard, man. You think if you if you watched the little series he had on BET, which is which was pretty good, the book is even better, man. Okay. So uh, I'm I'm real big on biographies and stuff. So that's all. I, I just finished up Kevin Hart and got into uh, Bobby Brown, man. Oh man, you caught me by surprise on that. <laughs> I, I didn't know you had a book. Matter of fact, I. Still haven't watched the uh the special. Okay. Um so I'm glad you brought that up. I'm gonna go probably fire stick that tonight. Yeah. Uh me, man, you know, I'm still I'm I'm slow, slow playing the books, but I'm gonna wrap it up. Yeah. I still got that um the new Jim Crow that I'm gonna finish. Okay. And um really the thing that I've been on lately is the uh Lupe Fiasco album. What? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan. I know everybody not a fan like yeah, that, but yeah. uh the album you put out, it was it's a it's a concept album. It was really good, man. I I, I think everybody should give it a try once, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It might not be a taste, but yeah. It he dropped some jewels in there for us though. If you uh, listen. Yeah, yeah, I always gonna do that. Man, as far as as far as music wise, I'm still I think I'm still on Travis Scott, man. Oh what? <laughs> yeah, that thing's still jammed to me, okay. man. I think I'm still on that one right now. Oh man. Uh, I like that jam, that new jam by uh Gucci man, that's my that's my stuff. I him haven't and, even heard that. Him and Bruno Mars. And oh, okay, yeah, Kodak. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't jamming on that one. Ain't Justin Bieber on that too? No, no. I think it's just him, Gucci. I mean, it's Gucci. It's, uh, it was called like In the Sky, or something like that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it go pretty, go pretty hard, man. Okay. And, uh, what about any TV shows though? Before we get started, you got anything you got watching? The last thing I watched was uh, and I recommend this for everybody, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix, the Quincy Jones. Oh man. Quincy Jones, uh, it's not even, it's kind of like a, uh, like a biography almost on yeah, Quincy yeah. Jones. Just, and it, it was so surreal because it started off from his beginning, you know, as a trumpet player yeah. all the way up until the present day to where they asked him to put together the opening ceremony for the unveiling of the, uh, African American Museum, the yeah. Smithsonian in Washington, DC. And there was a scene where, they're taking him around and he's looking at pictures of like Marvin Gaye, Ray Charles, Ella Fitzgerald, yeah. Michael Jackson. And the tears are in his eyes because he's like, he was like, he was like, man, I, I you know, I will call him. That's my boy right there. He, yeah. Michael Jackson, man. That's my baby. You know what I'm so saying? You know, him and Mike was yeah. deep into it, especially Mike's first album. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, and he like living history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like Quincy Jones. Most definitely. When they really broke down, you know, his life through music and 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 everything he did as far as you know being a philanthropist, he's global, man. Man, he's crazy talented, crazy yeah. talented. Um, I believe uh, he has what two daughters, right? Way one, more, two or three daughters. But one of them was like uh, when I was going with Pac. 
Yeah, one of them went with Pop. That would have been uh, crazy if Pop could have worked with Quincy Jones, though. He said they were working on that. What? They did, okay. actually. Okay. Did they work together? I know he, he, they did. They did. He did a, okay. um, He won a Grammy for that record. Uh, it was like Quincy Jones, Cool Mo D, Ice T, uh, Chuck D, Pop. They did okay. a. Uh, I didn't know he was on part of that. Yeah. Okay. Damn. So. That's dope, man. Yeah, Quincy, man. So if you listen to us and you got Netflix, or if you got to borrow somebody's password or something, man, <laughs> watch that. That that's a must watch right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, as far as Netflix, man, I'm I'm, I'm on an Ozark, of okay, course, and then uh FX for Fox, that Snowfall. Whew. Okay, they kind of killing with that. It was it just wrapped up, but you know what I'm saying. Okay. Snowfall went pretty hard. I, I hear man. good things about that. Yeah, man, that's what's up, man. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into it, man. Already. So I uh, say, our first topic, you know, we, we kind of see some stuff going on with uh, Hall of Fame football players, right? As far as you know, them trying to fight for some benefits, health benefits yes. that they wanted. You know, uh, it, it's crazy because you kind of brought this to my attention just now. I didn't even know that they, well, I, I kind of knew that they didn't get health benefits, but I didn't know how rare it was. Put it like mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, like you told me, NBA, MLB, they getting it easily. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, what do you think about that, man? Um, I'm like, I, you know, it's a shock that the most violent professional sport mm-hmm. doesn't insure its players. Right. To the point to where you have, like, high-profile Hall of Fame players saying that we will boycott the ceremonies if we can't get health benefits. Mm-hmm. With all the studies for CTE and the multiple back surgeries that these guys have to have, hip replacements, yeah. you know, knees just blown out, things like that. Like they sacrifice their bodies for our entertainment for and our for entertainment, the capital for gain. Entertainment. The capital gain are the owners, and you guys make the most money, like upwards of like nine, ten billion dollars a year. Yeah. And they have to threaten to boycott their own ceremony for health benefits. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. And uh, I just think it's insane that that it's even come to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm shocked like you are that that they don't even have it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, what you think about it? Man, just one thing that you just said that kind of jumped out at me just now when you said that they sacrifice their bodies, they go through all these surgeries, CTE, broken backs, Knees, shoulders, everything, all these things. It's just like these are life injuries mm-hmm. they're going throughout life. And it reminds me of war veterans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But even, you know, when you go to war and you fight in the army like that, you get benefits when you get out. You That's still get right. those things. So why is the NFL getting it? I understand. I guess the owner's angle probably would be, well, we're paying you millions. You should budget your money. No, then you're going to, now you're going to eat into my salary after I finish for me to pay for my own insurance to go get all these things done that I laid my life on the line right. for. So like you said, and CTE is very, very relevant right now. And like it's more and more studies being done on it. But you're gonna spend the rest of your life trying to buy medicine to keep you from getting headaches. Thank you. Like that stuff ain't cheap. At all, especially I, if you don't have insurance. I know I know uh they make millions of dollars now, but the guys that careers started in the seventies and ended in the eighties, <laughs> exactly. They weren't making that type of money. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? And the top players might have been making maybe double figures a million. Yeah, like 10 and million. It's, it's, it. a, it's a lot of guys who really got messed up. Yep. Never made a, a you know a multi million dollar contract. You know, um, 
broken necks. I mean, look at Ron Shazier. Yeah, man. You know, having man. to learn to walk again. Yeah. He never made a Pro Bowl. He was good, but yeah. he wasn't even a Pro Bowl player. You know, he was starting to reach that caliber. Yeah. And then he had his neck injury. He has to learn to walk again. And he's not insured. And he may have to retire. Like, he's not playing right now. Mm-hmm. He hasn't officially retired. But, you yeah. know. Look at Cam Chancellor. Yeah, he re- he couldn't play anymore. Can't I mean, Ellis Hobbs. I mean, we know, um, we know a lot of them. Tony Romo cut his career short because of, you know, a yeah. bad back. Troy Aikman, yeah. Uh, Michael Irvin. I mean, the list goes on. Right. And we we talk about high-profile players yes. or players that we actually, you know, know. Yeah. There's a 53-man roster on every active week for 30 teams. Is it 30 or 32 teams? 32. Okay. So right there off top, that's more than 1,500 players right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So come on, man. There's yeah. 1,500 players on all making uh, multi-million dollar contracts. Yeah. But they're all out there getting hit. They're all out there at the risk of really doing some serious bodily harm to themselves, you know, in the name of the game. Yeah. And we talk about this all the time, the NFL really being a, a slave game. It, it it seems more and more like more it. and more like it. Every yeah. time we have like topics that we discuss stuff, it just seems more like I'm done with you. You did what I need you to do. Bye. You got paid. Bye. You know, uh, not for long. You know that that's it's, yeah. What have you done for me lately? That seems like the motto with the with the NFL. You know, and we could bring up countless examples of that. You know, yeah. I mean, right now, everything. Um, Earl Thomas. He he had a quote when they asked him about why he didn't practice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking and, about. And the quote was basically like, you know, um, I have to be 100% invested in my health yeah. because I'm the only one out here that's invested in me. Yeah. He said, if the team was invested in me, you know, with a long-term contract, then I'll be out here practicing, putting my body on the line. But if said, I don't yeah. feel like it, if I don't feel like I'm up to par for practice, yeah. I'm not going to practice. He said, if I feel anything as light as a headache. Yeah, he said anything. I'm not going. I'm not going to practice. I love it. And I know a lot of people hated that. I know a lot of the the good old boys and, and you know, the, um, you know, I, I know there were some people that seen that and they didn't like that one, yeah. you know, uh, but that's real. And I wasn't mad at them for it, man. Like, more and more guys are going to take this stance in opposition to. to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you have to. And it's uh, it's crazy that you say that, man, because like you said, every day, a lot of times when you first hit it, like you said, he's good old boy. They gonna, first thing they're going to say is selfish mm-hmm. or, you know, he's not a team player. Or team player. He's sending a bad message to younger people. And that's not surface level. Yes. It, it, you can kind of see it that way. But if you dig deeper into it, man, it's like it's some hidden messages in there. They're trying to say that, like, I mean, we own you. Shut up and shut up and here you go. That's yeah. what I'm saying. We own you. Shut up and play football. Shut up and play dribble. No, no shut up and dribble. Shut up and dribble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just it, you have to dig deeper into these things and really look into it for what it is and what they want. Their what? What is their why? You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy, man. But we don't. You know, just transition from the topic, kind of staying in that same that same field. We had Vontae Davis walk out at halftime. He said, "I'm done with y'all. I'm retiring." I loved it. I loved it for two reasons. um, The first reason I loved it is because I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you work. 
everybody has had that moment when they're at work when they like, I want to leave. I just want to quit. Yeah. I just want to get up and leave. Like, I, you know, maybe you were at McDonald's and a customer came in there and just, just pissed you off or, you know, you work in, in education. Maybe it was a student or a parent came in there that just really just was like, man, I don't know why I deal with this. You know, I work in corporate America and banking and things like that. And there's been situations dealing with people in every career, every line of work yeah. where somebody has said, man, fuck this. But we didn't leave because, you know, we got to yeah. gotta pay bills. He had the money. I mean, he he done made about fifty million dollars in his career, mm-hmm. um, and he knew right then and there that I don't want to do this no more. Maybe he knew before then, but he said I don't want to do this no more. He he left. Yeah, and I wasn't mad at him for it. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny to me. Yeah, I was just gonna say when I first heard, I kind of laughed. I'm like, for real? I yeah, like, I'm like, bro, I was like, I was, I was like, y'all sure? Did he just go on the sideline? I was like, I'm chilling the rest of the game. And like, now he left, like left the stadium. Man, and it was uh, so I kind of laughed at it. And I was like, <laughs> "It's funny." And then at first, I was kind of like, "Man, what kind of message is sending?" And like all the questions I was asking myself, it was pertaining to how other people felt mm-hmm. rather than how he felt. And I was like, "At the end of the day, man, it's about how you feel." You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's not like creating your own misery for someone else's happiness is very unhealthy. It makes no sense for you to do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna do in that moment. I'm gonna do what's gonna what's gonna make me happy in that moment. I'm gonna leave and take care of myself and make myself happy. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure his family probably backed him and was like, hey, glad to have you home. Like, you know, we can leave this this dangerous sport behind us and we can kind of move on. Right. So, but it, I mean, it, it, what he did at halftime, I guess, you know, is, is unheard of, but it's not unheard of like to the extent of 10 years from now, you won't think of that like that. Yeah, I've I seen some people say, uh, this is what he'll be remembered for. Like, no, he won't. Maybe, maybe not. You no, know what I'm won't. saying? To me, he'll probably be remembered for getting traded on hard knocks. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that was even crazier than this, the way he got traded. But and if people remember the great Elgin Baylor quit in the middle of the season and retired. I know that. The so great that should, Elgin Baylor. That's what I'm saying. So that should tell you something. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that is not that is not define legacy one moment like yeah, that. He was no, a, a Pro Bowl cornerback, all pro cornerback. Monte yeah. Davis was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to touch on uh, a phrase when he put out his statement that he had, and it was the um, it was gladiator mentality. Gladiator mentality. Gladiator mentality. And that kind of doubles back to what we were talking about, you know, with the first topic. But in football in general, from ages, you know, as soon as they start tackling all the way up to the highest level, they want you to have that mentality. And me and my my friends, you know, in in our group chat, we talked about this. Some of the crazy stuff associated with football. uh, I know you remember this. um, Going head up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what purpose does that serve (laughs) other than to see who's crazy enough? Yeah. To sacrifice their skull and run dead into somebody else. And if you flinch, dies, anything like Move, that. Move. Yeah, you have to do it again. Yeah, you either have to do it again or you just gonna be known as somebody that's scared. Scared. You know what I'm saying? And they te- they they weed those people out of football in the peewee age. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they did the um junior sale story. Mm. And that's a term 
that was circulated in his story a lot. Gladiator, Gladiator. mentality. Gladiator mentality. And he had CTE, killed himself. Yep. And he specifically killed himself so they could, uh, you know, do a research on his brain. He shot himself in the chest yeah. with a shotgun. That's how he committed suicide. Yeah. Because he wanted his brain to be researched exactly. because he knew something was wrong with it. Yeah. Um, so that gladiator mentality, man, it's a part of football, but it's crazy in a sense that, you know, you want people to be able to go out there and just run head first with a helmet on into another person that's running head first into them with a helmet on. Like it's, it's insanity. Yeah, it's insanity. You're right. It's insanity. It's the true definition of it. Yeah, it's insanity. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Like I said, and then everything about it is kind of out of the gladiator mentality. You know what I'm saying? You got to do this harder, faster than somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If not, then you're considered the weak one and you got to go. So these guys are actually doing it for a job or a spot on the team to keep them, keep their money going, mm-hmm. keep them, you know what I'm saying, above level. And it's crazy to think about it like that. I mean, football, I think it's a great sport to watch, but it's a lot of things in it that is, is, is I mean, it's very dangerous and it doesn't seem like they're trying to take care of them too much. You know what I'm saying? They, they make these rules up. They do these things that kind of for safety of players, but right. it all has to be something drastic that happened before it. You know what right. I'm saying? They're, they're more reactive than proactive. Yeah, and, and I mean, we as fans, we get mad at the rules, like the whole quarterback sack rule. You know, yeah. you can't put your body weight on a quarterback, how do you tackle someone without body weight? Yeah. And we're mad at that as fans. We're like, mad man, at, right. let, let them, you know what I'm saying? Like, stop calling that. You know, you're ruining the game. You're making it soft. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a double-edged sword. You it know, is. it's like. Definitely. As a fan, you, yeah, you you mad about it. Like I said, if you have any type of integrity integrity or anything, you you feel it like, oh, damn, okay, this right. is kind of protecting him. You right. know what I'm saying? This is making the game better or, you know, more safer. Trying like to, that. Least, Yeah, you know? trying to. Uh, it's just, it's crazy to me, you know, like me being a fan, like I understand that these guys put their body on the line and I understand that they, that there's a little degree of, you know, yeah. craziness uh, in every one of those guys. You got to. You it's, know? It's like survival. Yeah. Um Listening to Levante Davis, uh, well, when, when I read it, you know, he was just like, man, you know, it, it's a lot of pain. And he was like, I thought that I had myself mentally prepared for the grind of a season. But mm-hmm. he was like, man, my body wasn't with it. My body wasn't in it. Like, I, I just knew I couldn't do it. And um, I talked to another guy that said the same thing. He quit at the end. No, he retired at the end of preseason because – he was like, man, he said, I tackled somebody and it hurt so bad that he's like, I just didn't want to do it no more. And he wasn't even 30 years old. Yeah. He was like an eight, nine year veteran, but he wasn't 30 years old. I mean, he was coming off a major, uh, a major injury. Yeah. But he was just like, man, he was like, it just hurt so bad. Like, I didn't want to do it again. So he quit. He retired. I mean, at some point, yeah, your, your body is going to tell you, right? Like, all right, it's time to chill. Yeah. And um, you see it now because players, a lot of players complain now about playing Sunday and have to turn back around on Thursday. Thursday. And they, you know what I'm saying, if you don't, if you never play football, play sports like that, it's very rough on the body to try to recover in that short amount of time and go out there and play again at a high level. Yeah, on what? You play Sunday, then it's what? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three days rest. Three days rest. And then you playing on a Thursday, you know? Right. So I think that's dumb. I think Thursday games are really stupid. Yep. They're never competitive. 
It's not about the players at all. Uh uh-uh. uh. At all. It's it's something that the NFL they just want their game on prime time, you yeah. know, but those Thursday games be crap. Yeah. Like it's a game coming on the Vikings and the Rams are playing tomorrow. And to me, that shouldn't be a Thursday night game. That nah. should be a Sunday game or the week game. You know, a lot of these games they put on primetime, Detroit versus the Jets. Why was Detroit and the Jets on primetime? That was terrible. Yeah. Nobody want to see that. They feel like, they, they feel like they're feeding what the fans want. And in the sense they are, but like you said, the players, you don't get quality quality football out of uh-uh. you know, quality, You know what I mean? So, like, these players, they, I mean, eventually going to start seeing even more injuries or players is not going to just – they might even do a, a protest or something. I, I think the fans are – I think the fans are protesting the NFL. I mean, if you kind of check it out, a lot of people aren't watching the NFL for various reasons. You know, yeah. Uh, some people say they're not watching because of Kaepernick not being a league. Now you got people saying they're not watching because uh, the NFL is sponsored by Nike and Nike supports Kaepernick. And then you got some people that say they're not watching because it's trash. You know, it's a lot going yeah. on. The NFL is losing some steam. Um and me being honest with you, like the excitement for me this season really ain't been there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, and I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I'm ready for basketball. And this was, I, I used to yeah. always say I will not yeah, watch you basketball the playoffs. until yeah. playoffs come. Yeah, you always say that. I am ready for for NBA. It like, makes you want to watch it. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, like I said, even myself, I, you know, it's just me. Like I'm not rushing home to watch. The Cowboys anymore. I'm not. You nah, know what I'm saying? If nah. I'm missing some of it, like I really ain't tripping. Go to the store or whatever, come back. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's like, that's very like different for me to be doing that. You know what I'm saying? So I've actually lost it without me even knowing it at first, unconsciously. Yeah. I was just like, I'm really not even feeling football like this no more. Mm-mm. You know, so. I mean, I started watching college football a little bit more yeah. now. And I, I actually, I've been enjoying the college football that I've been watching. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's just something about the NFL, man. The luster ain't there. Um, and I think it's actually a good segue into the next topic. I think uh, the next topic gonna have a lot to do with why uh, the passion of, of the NFL is kind of kind of dying out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you wanna go ahead and, and bring it up? Uh, you talk about so we talk about the America's teams. Teams, yeah. Yeah, America's teams, man. So we have you have the Dallas Cowboys, you have the Patriots. New England Patriots and you have Green Bay Packers. These are all teams, you know, they're all America's teams in their own right. People you know, want to say this is the real America's exactly, team. Exactly. Right. Mainly because they got fans all across the world right. rather than just that state or that city. Right. Um, so I guess, you know, we're going to talk about who should panic out of these three right now in the league. And, you know, I'll go ahead because I'll tackle it first. Go ahead. Of course, I'm going to go ahead and say the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, see, I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan just – but for various reasons, though, you know, I'm, I'm gonna stay. On, I'm gonna stay on the actual game side first. Okay. You know, so you got Dak Prescott, who hasn't thrown for 200 yards in nine out of ten games, last ten games, dating back to last season, and it's really five straight games where he hasn't thrown for 200 yards. That's terrible. That is not good. It's like 80 percent of the quarterbacks in the league right now could do that in a sleep, throw it for 200 yards, and he hasn't done it, and he's like he's struggling. And then you also have Zeke Elliott. We only give him the ball 16 times, but he averages eight yards a carry. But he only gets the ball 16 times. That's not making any sense at all. And then we coming out, we're trying to play action on the second play of the game. We haven't established a run yet. So it's like it's like a circus. And like and it's and Cowboys always been a circus, you know, especially on the years when they lose and everything like that. But now it's like you really feel it and it's just like 
damn, like, what's going on? Jason Garrett should have been gone, you know, if we're going to move up the ladder from the players to the coaches now. Jason Garrett should have been gone a long time ago. He's not going anywhere because he's Jerry's boy. And then also you have the, of course, we'll talk about all the time, Jerry Jones, you know, he's the owner. He's the owner. He's the master. (laughs) He's trying to run everything. And, of course, you're going to have to panic then because he don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Just from a standpoint of, you know, him letting go of the wrong players. If he's gonna let if he's gonna let go of Dez Bryant because of his inconsistency and you know not producing for the money he's being paid, why is Sean Lee still there? Sean Lee should be gone. I understand he's a great player, he's very smart, has a huge great IQ, but what is he doing for you? He, he's he's hardly ever on the field. He's about to he about to miss two weeks now. You know, and this happens every year. Every year, they never, can, never they, play sixteen games. They can never play, and he should. He's if he's a smart player, firm, firm as a coach, man. <laughs> you did it to Miles Austin. Put him on the side as assistant or something, man. But it's just not. It messed up the flow. So now these, we can't. We pin on Sean Lee and he's gone, and then we just yeah. unravel. That's 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 major. You know what I mean? So you can't keep doing that. Um, but as far as the Patriots in Green Bay, man, uh, Patriots, I think they'll get it together. Um, they got a lot of inside turmoil going on as um, far as Bill Belichick and some other players in the organization. Especially them saying they want to trade Grump, which mm-hmm. is crazy. But let's, let's say it was like a long-term thing that they were trying to look into. You know, uh, yeah, Green Bay, they just, I mean, they don't go as far as Aaron goes. Right. The defense is terrible. Uh, right. Other than that, it's just however Aaron's feeling, that's how Green Bay is going to be. But, yeah, man. Um, I agree with you. Uh, but I'm gonna go a little deeper. Um, Dallas should panic. <laughs> I know a lot of Dallas fans already are panicking, but the coaching staff and the front office they seem like they're okay. Like we got it under control. Don't worry. It's only just a few things we need to fix. But let me uh, just, just cut you off. I'm go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, they front office they don't care because they still worth five point three billion dollars. The yeah. highest, the richest, richest sports franchise. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Yeah, you're right. Jerry don't care now. J- Jerry gonna make some money. Yeah. You know, uh, the great Jimmy Jones, him and Jerry, they really don't get along. But not Jimmy Jones, Jimmy Johnson. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Johnson was like, if I had a dollar in my pocket and I needed somebody to flip it, he said, I'm calling Jerry Jones. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but uh, Dallas should panic. Green Bay, they should panic. And New England, they should panic too. All three of these teams should be in panic mode. And I agree with you 100% about, you know, your assessment of Dallas. You know, um, Dak, he's not getting it done. We've seen Dak have success as a rookie. Yeah. So we've seen that he's capable of doing what he needs to do to win a game. Even though Dak hasn't thrown for 200 yards in five of the last six, what was it, like eight of the last nine games or something like that, Yeah, he still don't throw picks. No, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He threw these picks this last game, but he was picked off by Earl Thomas twice, the greatest safety. Off his foot, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, one of them yeah, was yeah. like yeah. some crazy stuff. Right. I think both of them were, both honestly. Both of them were, yeah. Um, so, Dak, he don't beat you. You know what I'm saying? Dak, he, he's not going to beat himself. Yeah. You know, and that's the biggest problem with Dak. That's why he doesn't throw for 200 yards because a lot of these throws that he have to make, especially with these subpar receivers that he have, are risky throws. Like these receivers, they're not creating separation. 
Jason Witten, even though he was slow, he knew the offense, he knew the defense, he knew how to create separation, get open, move the chains. Mm-hmm. Dez Bryant and Dak didn't work together because Dez really didn't create separation. His jumping ability wasn't separation. Like nobody could jump with him Radius. and get yeah. the ball. Yeah, like yeah. That. You know, so um, Dallas, they're not helping Dak. They're not scheming anything together to help Dak out. Uh, Doug Peterson in Philly, you know, when uh, Nick Foles came in, they put some things in place to help Nick Foles out because he wasn't Carson Wentz and the ball kept rolling. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Christian Ponder, not Christian Ponder, my bad. Uh, in Minnesota, when they had um, the guy last year, man, he slipped my mind. Uh, he in Denver now, but they put some things together to help him out because he wasn't a world beater at quarterback. So they had to, you know what I'm saying, put some guys in place. Dallas don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Dallas, they not they not doing none of the uh the run pass options. You know, you got a quarterback, he may not be like Lamar Jackson, but he ain't a statue like Eli Manning back there. He could run for five, six, seven yards, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Do some RPO stuff with it. They feel like their offense can cater to anybody. Nah, man. Anybody can fit into their nah, offense. You gotta that's the thing in the NFL now. That whole mindset of this is my offense, we're going to put this guy back here, and he's going to run it, no. you can't do that no more. You know, these teams are caught up to that. Yeah. So now you got these super-duper offensive-minded coaches uh, killing the league now. You know, Chicago, they just got one. The of course, Rams. you got Andy Reid. You got the Rams. You got Kyle yeah. Shanahan in, in um, San Francisco. Yeah. You got the guy in Philly. All of these people – are these offensive geniuses because it's needed. Sean Payton, you know, all of these guys is needed in this NFL today because these defenses are lining up elite players on the side of the ball. It's not rare for a defense to put two top-flight cornerbacks, a top-flight safety, two top-flight edge rushers on one defense and go get after the offense. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You got to you gotta do more than just line it up and just, all right, we're going to execute. Nah, that don't work no more. So – Dallas should panic first. Green Bay should panic because you give Aaron Rodgers all this money. He deserves it, but you never really upgrade the line. He's always getting hit. I think their coach, Mike McCarthy, I think he sucks. They always have these great value running backs. Aaron Rodgers has never had a running back worth talking about. You know, it's always been some great value, third, fourth, fifth round running back back there. You got a running back wearing number 88. What type of stupid shit is that? You know what I'm saying? Get that man a quality running back. He should have been had that. All yeah. these years, y'all can't find a quality running back. All these running backs Aaron Rodgers done had, about 10 names we can name off. Came and went. Aaron Rodgers still there. Line ain't no good. Defense is bad. Yeah. You know, I play fantasy football. I, I say whoever going up against Green Bay defense, you can expect them to have a pretty good day. You know what I'm saying? Adrian Peterson did his thing against them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Green Bay, they got beat by the Redskins yeah. the week before that. Kirk Cousins went crazy on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thielen, 100-something yards. Uh, Diggs, 100-something yards. You know what I'm saying? They let Laquan Treadwell get his first NFL touchdown against them. You know, and he's <laughs> terrible. You know, yeah. so. So I told you, they're just going to worry about. Aaron Rodgers, they're going to try and go as he go. You can't do that no more. They're going to try to hope they can stick around to the end of the game and he's saving. That's how he beat the Cowboys all the many times. Not only is he saving Green Bay, he's saving the coach, Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Because I'm a Giants fan. We got the 
he wasn't even an offensive coordinator in Green Bay. He was just a quarterback's coach in Green Bay. And he come to New York, and you see what he did as a head coach. He sucked. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is, is saving these guys' careers. Like, Mike McCarthy is terrible. You know what I'm saying? Green Bay should panic because Aaron Rodgers already got a bad knee. He's one more hit away from being out for the season. Aaron Rodgers gets hit a lot and gets hurt a lot. Yeah, spraying him. Yeah, no joke. Panic time for Green Bay. Yeah. Because you suck without Aaron Rodgers. You're you're a terrible, terrible team without Aaron Rodgers, especially this year with Deshaun Kaiser. You know Aaron Rodgers gets hurt like that. And, yeah, Brett Hundley didn't look great last year, but he knows the offense much better than um, Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. So you let Hundley go and keep Kaiser – Aaron Rodgers get hurt in the first game, and Deshaun Kaiser got two turnovers in two series. Yeah. And he had to perform a miracle to bring him back against Chicago. That's what I mean. That shows how great he is. Like I said, but you can't keep depending on him like that. You I mean, can. yeah, he's the highest paid in there. It's well, time one to the panic. Quarterback. Yeah, you got it's, it's panic time, mode. It's time you, to panic. Unless you're not trying to win, man. But. It's time to panic yeah. because they have no future. And Aaron Rodgers is 34. With a bad knee. And this is the NBA, Aaron Rodgers. He probably demanded a trade already to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, New England should panic. I know everybody says, well, New England, they start slow. We see New England do this all the time, blah, 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 blah. You can't keep saying that about 40-year-old Tom Brady. <laughs> he might prove me wrong, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does. It's Tom Brady. They do it every year. But at some point, Father Tom going to win. It's time to panic. They don't have a backup quarterback. They traded him to San Francisco, and he just tore his knee up. Yeah. We don't know who the hell is behind Tom Brady right now. I don't expect Tom Brady to get hurt, but when they traded away Jimmy Garoppolo, that caused a whole lot of friction with the ownership and Bill Belichick because Bill Belichick is thinking towards the future. Yeah. Tom Brady can't stay around for 10 more years, but I can I need a quarterback. That was my quarterback right there. Y'all just traded him away. What do we get in return for that? Not enough. We didn't get a future. We made it to the Super Bowl last year and we lost. Mm -hmm. It came out that he wanted to trade Grump. And he was like, I don't see how you can do that. I do. That's the Patriot way. The Patriots, they always trade away guys in their prime to get assets back. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Nobody's bigger than the team. Yeah. But Gronk said, if you trade me away, I'll retire. They can't trade him. They get Josh Gordon, which is a it's a help, but he's a receiver. Like, receivers aren't really just impact players like that. We're hoping that he's Randy Moss, but there's only one Randy Moss. Right. You know what I'm saying? To me, it's time for New England to panic because their defense isn't that good. The defense is never that good. I think Matt Patricia as a defensive coordinator helped him out a lot. That's why he got this head coaching job. Um, but I'm not I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer in um in New England. I, I think Miami's gonna give them all they can handle because Miami got an elite defense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh the Bills, they have an okay defense. You know what I'm saying? Josh Allen showed that he can do some things last week against the Vikings. So every team in that division is prepped for the future. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Sam Darnold, but Sam Darnold's looking like the quarterback of the future for the Jets, and the Jets are about to go very hard at Le'Veon Bell. And Jets have a 
They great got defense. good defense. Great defense. I mean, people, yeah. are, people are kind of sleeping on them just because it's the Jets. You hear yeah. Jets name, think they sorry. But they got a great safety, great some great linebackers, and a great defensive linemen. If you look at it through the whole preseason, I don't think nobody scored on them through the yeah. whole preseason. And the I mean, that says a lot. Yeah, that says a lot about their backups, top to bottom, too, yeah. top to bottom. So, um, you know, that division is preparing for the future. That division is looking towards the future. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but Miami's defense is for real, for real. Uh, when I finally looked at that secondary, they got one of the best secondaries in the NFL. I know everybody talk about Jacksonville and the Rams, but don't sleep on Miami secondary. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick is for real. Okay, uh, Rashad, uh, and I can't think his last name. Uh, the other safety they got, he's really for real. You know what I'm saying? So Miami got a nice little team out there. To me, it's time for all three of these teams that, that they fight over the title of America's team to panic because it don't look like they're ready to go into the next phase. You know what I'm saying? All three of these teams had, to me, Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. Tony Romo was the first to go. Yeah. Tony Romo kept them afloat. Aaron Rodgers is keeping Green Bay afloat. Brady's keeping New England afloat. They don't have any viable replacements. It's time to panic. I don't see where it's going to come from. I mean, I let them saying when when we always we always say panic, but when you panic, what does that mean though? Like, what are you? What's gonna really come from? You can't make any changes now. This is you know what I mean. So y'all, you think about like, think about is the future. It's you time know, to look towards the future. future and seeing what can you start doing as far as trade wise and anybody else. Cowboys need to go ahead and call Dez back. One of these teams need to start tanking <laughs> for that quarterback from Oregon. That's something started going, man, but. Yeah, so I mean, we'll keep it moving, man. As far as uh, as far as topic wise, you know, we'll keep y'all too long, but yeah, uh, just move on to our our pretty much our last topic. A little, little shout out. Uh, well, first we got your boy uh, Mark Cuban. So we had Mark Cuban uh, with his situation mm-hmm. as far as what happened with his organization. Yeah, um, yeah, and then um, so him going to give away. He had, to, he had to get fined what? Ten? Well, no, he didn't get fined. He got fined two point five million the minimum. Right. And then we, after that, he decided to go ahead and pay ten million. So we're gonna talk about what is his uh, was that punishment too lenient? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, to me it was. Yeah, I think it was very very lenient, especially for uh, the severity of what happened with him. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little light. Um, I know some people said he should have sold the team. Me being a Mavericks fan, I think he should have sold the team because he ruined the team. But, <laughs> you know, that's a different conversation. But, yeah, it was a little light. I mean, they find him, what, was it 2.5? Yeah. That was like, that's, that's the – just so y'all know, that's the that's the league max, max. for the NBA. For billionaires. Yeah. Right. That's the league max for any type of fine that's given out for, you know, inappropriate behavior or whatever. Two point five. He chose to give ten, which still is dollars compared to him. For a billionaire. Yeah. Um, my stance on it is, is yeah, he most definitely should have got more. Yeah. He most definitely should have got more, just because of the simple fact. I know we talked about this before when we was talking about. Uh, we kind of think different on this. It's like I think he, I think he definitely knew what was going on in the organization. 
<laughs> I think he definitely knew what was going on. Like, there's no way. Um, to an extent, he, he might have knew the whole details of it as far as what all these dudes was actually doing in the organization. But yeah, from my standpoint, it is if you if you're a billionaire, man, you know exactly. You want to know something. You have a finger in your business part of it to know what's going on. I know he loved the players. He wanted to be on the bench. He wanted to be behind, or behind the goal, right behind him, so he could talk to everybody. But I've seen Mark Cuban a, a few times, uh, and he's a very relational person, you know. So. It's hard for him to believe that he would walk through that office or the business office and not be talkative or have some type of dialogue with you know people that's in the, within the office. Yeah, cause I, yeah, you're right. And yeah. then it's at one point too, um, where I had to do a project for one of my classes, and it was you know one of the requirements for me before it's more for me to submit it to a professional organization. I sent it to the Mavericks. I actually got a hold of his uh, email, mm-hmm. and I just sent it just as proof to say that you know I, I did it. It's upon my submission. He responded back to me. Really? Yeah, responded back to me. We had like nice little back and forth and emails talking about just the marketing plan and stuff like that, and you know what they like to do and how they attack their marketing strategies. For him to do that to a total stranger, like it's hard for him to believe that he's been that he's not talking to anybody in his organization, especially these women. You know, and that's a big thing. You mean sexually harassed, domestic violence, all these things. That's like. There's, it's been around for centuries, you know, however you want to say it. It's, yeah. it's right up there with racism on. Yeah. As far as, you know, what's going on with this. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. We're going on with women in the workplace. So, you know, it's, it's coming out more and more, just like racism coming out more and more. It's being, you know, eyeballed even further. And you know, people are starting to feel it even more. And they're trying to call people on this stuff. So I think it's one of those things where it was almost like Mark Cuban was in a Penn State situation. He knew what was going on. Try to act like he didn't know. Um, because he wanted to protect, you know, his his, his, his interests and yeah, 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 or the president, president yeah. of operations. Like I said, he was he's very good at his job, but that doesn't give him right to be messing with these women like this. You know, yeah. quit touching women. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's not that it's not that hard to to do. You know what I mean? Especially if you in a position like that, you ain't too far from Harry Hines. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you're working right there, you're not too far from Harry Hines. You can, I mean, you probably can walk to Harry Hines and, and get you something. For you know, I might have to pay a couple dollars, but ain't nothing to you. I and, think they, you know, you be done with it. I think they call them predators for a reason, man, because they <laughs> like the the chase and the thrill. Of, I get it. Yeah, it's the actual. It's the actual. It's, what yeah, do you call like, it? Like a predator mentality. Disease, or however yeah, you want to call it. It's uh, a chemical addiction. imbalance. Say, well, yeah, it's it's, it's, it ain't right. Uh, Harry Hines would be too easy for you know a predator. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but you're right, and I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. Like he should have known. Like it's really hard to fathom Mark Cuban, the billionaire Shark Tank businessman, doesn't know what's going on in his organization. Like it's really hard to believe that. Uh, But me being a Mavericks fan and knowing how much of an idiot Mark Cuban is, because Mark Cuban is an idiot. Like let's not get that twisted. He's a functional billionaire, stupid idiot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, money, so, money don't make you smart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he ruined the basketball team, and he was very hands on with ruining this team. Like he he had his fingerprints all over the demise of a damn NBA championship roster. I mean, he really decimated that shit like a true idiot. And I believe he didn't know what was going on on the other side because he was so involved with ruining. This team. <laughs> I don't like Mark Cuban. I don't like Rick Carlisle either. Even though they won, that was just lightning in the bottle. It really was lightning in the bottle. And 
for them not to even try to recreate that lightning, not even one time, just lets me know how stupid he is. So I believe that this idiot let this man who was generating all his income for the Mavericks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If Mark Mark Cuban is only trusting this man at his word and only looking at the bottom line, and he's always seeing green whenever he sees the bottom line, and this guy is this uh, super duper trusted, reputable uh, basketball figure that did all his work with Coca Cola and Nike, um, I can kind of see how he may have trusted this man. Kind of, you know, yeah. and then, you know, this report said that they interviewed 215 people. Uh, the report was only supposed to go for X amount of months, but it actually went on longer because they ended up talking to so many more people than they intended to. And I don't know if Mark Cuban, like, put a memo out that says, if you don't implicate me, I'll give you a little something or something like that. Yeah. But they talked to 215 people and all 215 said that. They never went to Cuban with any of this. Yeah. And it was the CEO guy who was black, which really made me mad. Um, and the head of HR, which was some grease ball. And then the thing that really uh, was the most damning was the way Mark Cuban handled the uh, the math.com reporter, mm. who was also a black dude who beat the hell out of his first girlfriend. Yeah. Goes to jail. He admits it. Mark Cuban is like, well, you know, let's get him some help and, you know, let's hire him an attorney and let's try and stand behind him in this situation, blah, blah, blah. Instead of firing him, he's cool for a couple years. Then he dates a woman inside the organization. He beats her up, too. So now Mark Cuban is faced with a decision. Should I fire this guy again? And he didn't. So that's what I'm saying. It's like he had a lot of people up under me, up under him. He making yeah. money, but at the end of the day, I, I can see okay, he he stupid as far as how he manages the team and handles the team stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if he's making billions of dollars, you've probably met a lot of people, so you have a good feel of how people are. So you knew how these dudes were, and you still allowed them to be in your organization. Yeah, you had your opportunities to let them go. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you was you that in that in my in my mind, it makes you an accomplice. Like that's, that's big, You're you right. know. So that's just how I see it. And, I, and one quote I saw in an article that um, I read, he said something about had he known that the no, he wished he had time or opportunity to change the uh, the culture of the organization. And that kind of like pissed me off because it was like a culture is behavior mm-hmm. that goes on, you know. So if you knew that, you probably you you definitely could have changed that. You know, or at least try to get to it. At the, but I would have much rather him say that I wish I could have changed the climate. Climate is how you feel. You know what I mean? So that means you didn't really give a damn about your employees at all if you know how they were feeling. Every company does a climate check. Where, wherever you're at, they're doing a climate check. They do some kind of survey, something. Mm, they should. You know what I mean? It can be anonymous, however you want to do it. Just like just to let me know how are you feeling? How can we be? How can we be better? And if you did that enough, somebody's gonna say something. Even if it's anonymous, it's going to be like, hey, it's some perverts running around here. True. You get what I'm saying? So True. That's just how I said. I just wish that he could approach it from that standpoint. And well, he so he, that kind of like it kind of like I said, it kind of shocks me in the sense that this could happen, and him still claim that he didn't know. We we in agreement that this is far fetched. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I can't believe that this would happen. 
uh, under of all NBA owners, Mark Cuban, who prides mm-hmm. himself on being this know-all, you yeah, know, yeah. Shark Tank type dude. I mean, what other NBA, what other sports franchise owner is on Shark Tank? What other yeah, yeah. sports franchise owner, you know, puts himself out there in that sense that, you know, I know what's going on. I know what I'm doing. You know, yeah. that him and Jerry Jones yeah. are the only two that are like really visible yeah. like that. You yeah, know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was a lie. That's a good point. So either your portrayal of yourself is a lie or you're lying about not knowing what's going on on the business side of your organization because yeah. whether it's basketball side or business side, it's all yours. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I kind of believe him because I think he's like a real idiot, but that's like a personal thing yeah, yeah, with the I basketball mean, stuff. I but I agree with you because it's, it's really hard to wrap my head around the fact that Mark Cuban, of all people, don't know what the hell is going on in his offices. Yeah, Y'all don't have Christmas parties. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like These are the things you peep. Who trying right. to go home with who? I, right. I, yeah, you, There's you know. no office gossip. Like yeah, exactly. Come on, man. Yep. Man, that's a, this is, that's a tough one. Um, hoping that this stuff doesn't keep happening, man. But like I said, all you dudes out there, man, and, <laughs> and these companies, you know what I mean? Quit, quit touching these women, man. Stop it. They man. say they say no, no means no. Like straight up. Let her, let her touch you, bro. Yeah, that, right. That's the safest bet right now at yeah. this point. Hit the gym, get your sexy up, man, so they <laughs> so they can come out at you, bro. Right. Uh but any any parting words? Uh yeah, man. We can close it out with uh I do want to shout out Tiger Woods, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Welcome he, back, baby. Is he back? He's uh, I almost say back. Like I hope he is. I hope he is, right? But it's, it's, it's this is a good sign though. I love this, you know, and I know he what he did was wrong too, but you know, with his <laughs> wife and everything, but on the golf side of things, for him to have that big decline and then, you know, work his way back up to getting a, a win, I wanted to see that part of it. Yeah. The personal Tiger, I don't, I don't care about that. Hey, man, yeah, shout out to Tiger Woods, that, of course. Um, if I got to give any shout out, um, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, the local kids, Wichita Falls, uh, Hershey. Uh, our alma mater. I want to give a big shout out to Demarque Foster. Who I, anybody that hear my voice, that's the best running back in all of high school in the state of Texas. I know a lot of people talk about Jason McClellan and, and Alito, but no, 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 it's, nah, it's, he ain't touching him right now. Demarque, Demarque yeah. Foster, man. If you can get on Huddle or something like that, uh, that, that boy's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, closing it out, bro. Of course, again, happy C Day. Appreciate you. Uh, it's Stand Line Between Love and Sports, your boy LB. Uh, anything, bro? Nah, that's it, man. It's your boy KG. You know, we signing off. Uh, again, you can find us on everything. Yeah, every, we everywhere. Every social platform we own there, man. So just type in a Thin Line Between Love and Sports. We're there. Take a listen on the way to work, on the, on the road trip, however you can get it in. But, you know, I got a little time to sit down and listen. Give us a listen, give us some feedback. You know, of course, we always want to hear back from you guys. All right.